Oh yeah, coronavirus is here. Call a COVID-19 and grab me a beer of Corona. Ona, 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 Ona. Should that be our new lead-in, buddy? What do you think, Rabbi? Uh, yeah, could be, could be. Are you thinking right now you just want another priest? <laughs> you know, if I'm sick, you can always sub in another priest. Oh, I'll bring in a Catholic priest. You see? Now, you can't do your priest jokes because then it gets personal. You can say priest jokes to me, but we're the Episcopal Church. We really didn't have But I don't, I, don't, I don't say priest jokes because I, 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 I'm very keenly aware that they may be offensive to some people, and I, wanna, I, I, I want people to, to be able to embrace uh, each other's differences <laughs> and challenges. And, but, but, but you heard it first from Father Anderson. You've said some priest jokes, and as an Episcopal priest, I can take it because it really hasn't affected our denomination, but we hold our brothers, brothers up at the Catholic Church who have been through some pretty rough seasons. Um, all right. But that's not what this show is about today. This show is about Rabbi Matthew Durbin's ability to lick microphones during each podcast and then feel extremely paranoid about, did you just get COVID? Maybe you got COVID-18, not 19. You know, there's some people who are like kind of sick right now, but they're not real sick. They have like Corona light, you know? <laughs> I got our communications guy has been sick it's not forever. like Coors Light. No, I think I'm like, dude, I think you got Corona Light. Or you have a good immune system. You kind of have Corona, but you don't. You know, because there's a lot of people who, like have it. You know, there's like a mm-hmm. lot of teenagers who like have it and like and they, they just stay at home for four days. You beat it out, you know. Um, so, duders, let's talk today about how all this stuff is going to affect religion in the long term. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this season at some point. But it's going to leave lasting impacts. And some of those impacts might be really amazing. Some of those impacts might be like, oh, that's too bad that happened. Maybe it'll be really negative. Um, Or maybe we shouldn't put a judgment on it at all. Things are going to change. Things are going to change, and we can't look backwards. And I think that that's just it—is that we're we're at this you know pivotal moment where things are changing, uh, you know, uh, on a day-to-day basis. And I think the aim for today's show is to really look at what are those impacts, how are we going to embrace them, or or perhaps not, uh, and how do we how do we move forward? Um, what are its financial implications? What are its spiritual implications? What is its communal implications? How do we as a faith community uh, really try and uh, uh, listen to the needs of our communities while at the same time, you know, as we know throughout the world, you know, practice physical distancing, but not social isolationism. Don't isolate yourselves from your community. You know, I'm a very firm believer for those uh, that need um, help or assistance. You know, let us know. You know, call me. Um, Give up your cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Call the rabbi right now at 555-1212. Sure. Seven seven two five 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 one. If we weren't in something like like forty eight countries and and, and and almost all fifty states, uh, I I'd, I'd be more than happy to give my you number. You can WhatsApp him personally. I could. <laughs> no, but you can email us and you can go to our Facebook page. Yes. And please, no, honestly, this is honest truth. You can go to our Facebook page, a priest and a rabbi podcast, and you can go there and uh, drop a message and reach out uh, because community is, is so important right now, especially in faith. Um, and it would be an honor and a privilege for us to pray for you and to start conversations up on our Facebook page. Um, so be there for one another, and uh, let's get into this topic today of what are the lasting impacts of, of corona upon uh, our religious institutions, especially here in the States. Let's get into it. 
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU, St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and Temple Bait Hyam. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now, WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788, 220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting hour of a priest and a rabbi. My name is Father Christian from St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and next to me is the best good-looking rabbi you have ever seen this side of the Jordan River. It is Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Beth Hayam. Oh, Rabbi, you look good. It's, 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 it's Dress Down Fridays today, isn't it? Well, it, it is just because I was preparing for this show to the very last minute. Didn't have time to throw on my clericals. Threw on a or Cavaliers hat. I mean, you threw threw on a hat. I threw on a Cleveland Cavaliers hat. You we see that? Yeah. So we're, we're not like your Toronto Raptors, but very, very, very different. But now the border's closed. We won't be able to play games with your Toronto Raptors for a while. But we'll get there. We'll get there. It's it's life in the time of, of cholera. I mean, Corona. So listen, man, how are you feeling? How are your kids? Everyone doing well? No one freaking out? You know, the the, the temple's, temple's going? Uh, we're going. We're going. Yeah, okay. So let me, let, let, let me go back to a to, to, to brief experience last night. So I'm, um, for, for, for my middle child, we decided to buy her a bike in lieu of uh, her birthday's next Sunday, next Saturday. Um, we had plans to, you know, to go to Disney and kind of do it all up. And of course, as we know, um, uh, the entire world is shutting down. So we, 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 we had to revamp plans. So we, um, uh, my, my middle child is very active and really wanted, uh, really wanted a, a, a bicycle. So we, we bought her a bike and, you know, no training wheels. And, um, after the first day, she got very frustrated, you know, threw the bike down, was like, I, I, this is stupid. I, I, I can't do this. You know, I'm never going to learn. And I said, just give it time. You'll see. One more day. And the next day, she 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 got it like that. So she you know she's running around the neighborhood on her bike. And so yesterday afternoon, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take the plunge. The last time I had a bike, I was uh, 14 years old. Uh, I had um, I had locked it up um, in 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 my uh, um, in we call it junior high. I guess it's like middle school here. And um, as at lunchtime, I, I went out, we were out with friends, and um, I see this guy riding a bike that looked a little wobbly, and I thought to myself, man, that bike looks really familiar, but that's not mine, because I chained it up, and of course I go, and my bike is, is gone. Um, so that was episode one. A year later, I had a bike, put it in um, the front yard uh, in my house, and it was stolen um, literally as I went in to go get a glass of water and come back. So I haven't had a bike in probably like 25 uh, to 26, 27 years. Never had it. So yesterday, I took the big plunge. I bought myself a bike yesterday, um, trying to be a little bit healthier and really trying to be active. And uh, it was really nice. I, I, I did the uh, the, the mile and a half loop around my neighborhood with my middle child, just her and I, um, which was really exciting, but it that goes, was, that was interesting mixture of objects and subjects there. Her and I, what are you Halsey? I, I, coffee hasn't set in yet. <laughs> so, so last night I, um, uh, two of my kids uh, passed out, um, relatively early. So we decided to, to watch like a, a family movie. 
Um, and uh, so my wife goes, well, what, what about that movie, Keeping the Faith? So I said, yeah, why not? Short, right? So, you know, my, my oldest and, and kind of sat on the couch, distance ourselves six feet, um, and, 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 and watch this movie. And, and my oldest child said, Dad, this reminds me of you and Father Anderson. Has Father Anderson seen the movie? So then, of course, I text you last night to say, have you seen the movie? Uh, and, of course, your response was, you ask me this every single time we meet. And um, um, just, you know, at the end of the movie, I, I, my, oldest, my oldest looks at me and she goes, Dad, that's exactly what you and Father Anderson do, isn't it? You guys go out in the community and you build bridges. You build community. How amazing. Which and daughter is this? Uh, my oldest, Delby. So I thought it was it was it was really neat uh, for those that haven't seen it with uh, Ben Stiller and uh, Edward Norton. You know, great film, really heartwarming. Uh, if you do decide to watch it with young children, the only uh, caveat I do have is that there are a couple scenes you might want to fast forward through. Um, are they love scenes? They are. They are. Right. But they're endearing. It's a. Uh, but they're endearing love scenes. They're endearing love scenes. If they happen to uh, see it, it's it's more about love, not about hanky panky. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that's the first time you've ever heard a rabbi and a priest uh, supporting my, my, uh, love scenes for your my, children to watch. My favorite, my favorite is, so my daughter says, for those that haven't seen the movie, there, there's, I, I don't want to ruin it, but there, there's, there, there's a part in the movie where, uh, so priest, rabbi, they, they grew up as friends. They have a, 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 the third, which is a, a girl, Jenna Elfman, who, um, uh, when she gets, uh, I think it's like eighth or ninth grade, her parents move out to California, they're in New York, uh, and then they reconnect like 20, 30 years later. Um, she's not Jewish, obviously the rabbi's Jewish, and then there is the Catholic priest, and they all fall in love with her. Uh, and there's a scene in the movie where, where um, the rabbi breaks up with her because she's not Jewish, and because he just feels... Uh, with his own family, uh, his mother uh, really disowned his one of his one of his siblings because he married somebody that wasn't Jewish. And you know, she's sitting in the hospital bed, and she said, "I made a big mistake. You know, don't make the same mistake." Uh, and then there's this part where my daughter looks at me and she goes, "Dad, if this happened to me, would you be upset with me?" And, you know, my heart breaks a little bit because you know, part of me says, "Look, I, I am a very firm believer in you know." Trying to keep it within the faith, trying to marry, uh, you know, and, and trying yeah, to be can happy. Yeah, can we, can we just interject real quickly? Can we go back to the episode? There was a show of a priest and a rabbi where we had our very progressive, open-minded rabbi. As we've talked about race, we talked about sexual identity and gender, et cetera, et cetera. But when it came to marrying someone, he must be Jewish. He can't be of another religion. Or convertible. So the open mind kind of closed a little bit. No, it's it's not it's not the open mind closes. It's, way, it's, it, I think I think as a as a progressive rabbi, I think that there are things within uh, the realm of Judaism that uh, we 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 keep for ourselves. I think that so that that that's closing it up a bit. That's no, not open. No, no, because the way so, you so, literally so, just me, closed the circle. No, 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 no. no. Open mind. No, no. You're open to other movement. You're open to new ideas. And the, I'm just calling you out. You call me out no. on things. I'm calling you out on things. So the, the, my, my philosophy is, look, especially when it comes to interfaith weddings, I, I, I perform them. But I not for them. your own child. No, because what I would say to my own child, which I said to her last night, is if you happen to fall in, in love with somebody that is not Jewish, I, I, I hope and I expect that the one to whom you marry will learn about your faith and will accept it and will embrace it. And I hope that you will... Uh, raise a Jewish household and a Jewish family. 
But if she falls in love with my son at some point and she says this Jesus thing is okay, you are going to lose your so absolute. This is this is where it gets. You're going to lose gets, your mind. This is where it gets interesting. You will so, lose your mind. So so my 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 uh, my oldest had said to me last night. She said, you know, Dad, um, you know, don't worry about me. I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, if I if I meet somebody that's not Jewish and I fall in love with them, don't worry, Dad, I'll make them convert. I'll make them Jewish. And I said, well, you know, that takes time and, you know, they need to embrace it. And I, I don't want them doing it just for you. I want them to do it because they really feel a, a strong connection. And she goes, you don't got to worry about me, Dad. You got to worry about the other two. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, 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 you know, you know it, if I told you that about my own children, you would freak out. If I said to my kid was saying, don't worry, Dad. She's going to be Christian. <laughs> I will convert her. You'll be like, here we are again, the Crusades. Here are the Crusades happening once again. Then, then, then it will be a, a, a priest, a priest's son, and a rabbi's daughter. All right, so let's get on with the show here. Um, so at the beginning of the show, we always like to have fun with uh, with just just our goings on and stuff like that. So um, we today uh, want to talk about all this, all the influence that that COVID-19 is having upon houses of worship uh, with all the influence that's happening. I'm, I'm sure you, the last thing you want to see online anymore is another house of worship saying we're live streaming. We're going online. Cause it's probably everyone saying that now, right? We're going live, but there's a lot of changes that are happening for, and religious leaders have to be on top of their game to know how to deal with this new world. What, what is the church? What is the, uh, the, the, the temple, what is the mosque going to look like when this is all said and done? What are the last what we want to talk about today? What are the effects upon how we do religion, how we form community, how we just be do pastoral care? Because will there be some lasting effects here? And well, and, and let's not put a judgment on it. Maybe some of it will be, you know, who, who, who knows if we believe in a really good and gracious God, maybe it's going to be all really good. For, for, for religion. You know, it's an amazing image. I, I don't know if you saw it this morning. I had a colleague of mine post something that was from the Western Wall in Jerusalem. Um, and, of course, Israel is seven hours ahead. So it was, you know, mid-afternoon for them. And the piazza, the, the area of the Western Wall itself, was completely empty. And now, of course, you know, please be aware, obviously, Israel is under lockdown as well. You, you know, the government, the, the Israeli health department has said uh, nobody is to leave. Uh, but regardless of that, just to see the image of, of the Western Wall, of the praying wall, empty. Sure. I have never, I have never in my life ever seen that wall Devoid of people. I mean, these are they, they, there. Could be some beauty in that to just let it sit and let the prayer sit and just in the peace and the quiet and the solitude of it. You know, they, we, the, the pictures of Venice coming out where now people can you could see the bottom of the water. I've been to Venice in Italy. You you can never see that, right? Yeah. But the pollution is down. There's not the boats in there. You dolphins are swimming up and you swimming through the canals in Venice. That's never happened, right? China, the air pollution, the smog is starting to dissipate. It shows you just what. Hopefully, there's one environmental impact of this because as people of faith, environment. Environmental care should be always at the forefront of what we do to care for God's creation. And we can see that when we just start to chill out and settle down and just focus on one another and be in relationship with one another in our homes and not be so busy doing things out there, the sky begins to clear up, the air starts to get better, the water looks cleaner. Well, I think that's just it, too. You know, I read a, a, a meme this morning that said, you know, given given obviously this is, this is very devastating and this is very challenging times and extraordinary times that we live in. Uh, that that the earth is actually healing itself because we're not driving as much, we're not using as much gas, we're not using as much resources because we're all pretty much quarantined at home. God uh, said, if you're not going to do the Paris Accord, I'm going to do it my own self. I am going to clean this place 
up. I mean, it is kind of a Sabbath. It's sort of like uh, the the Earth is fasting. The Earth is fasting from humans for a while and mm-hmm. a long Now, and listen, you, listen, you might want to call and you're very offended, offended by all these views because you're saying there's people who are hurting right now because of all this. I get it. I know they are. But we have to look at the full picture as well. Like what, 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 where is the silver lining in all this? Uh, what good and what is God, God up to in all this? And I think there are a lot of good things that are coming out of this. This is not to take away from the extreme suffering that many people are dealing with um, economically, physically, emotionally, psychologically. There's a lot of isolation. So the number here is seven. 772-220-9788. 772-220-9788. Our topic today is where is religion? What is religion going to look like when this is all said and done, particularly in America? Because Rabbi, you and I have talked about this a lot. We are already leaning in a direction as Americans into a place of we like to kind of do it ourselves. We like to be very independent of one another. We like to have smaller groups, not bigger groups. Groupism has faded. Individualism has continually to rise, probably post-revolution. So now that now uh, from a house of worship standpoint where you and I are doing all the dog and pony shows to get people in the space, now we have this season we're in where people are not even allowed to come into the space and we're trying to direct them to do things online or on telephones, whatever. Is there any kind of concern for you that when it's all said and done that people are going to be like, you know what? I kind of like this. I get to wake up in my own house. I can turn and watch the rabbi on, on, on the internet, watch what I need. I can tap out, maybe wave at some people digitally, uh, send them a text message, and I go on with my life. Is there any concern over that? Or you think like, no way. When this is all said and done, people are going to be so hungry for a community. They'll be beating the doors down to the temple. I think I think in, 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 in some way it's opened the doors to a whole variety of different opportunities. Sure. Right? I, I mean – you know, we could decide in an hour from now that, you know, you and I want to do uh, a special, a special like uh, Facebook Live, uh, come meet the priest and the rabbi in the radio show. We could do that immediately. And, and, and for those who wish to tune in, can tune in. I mean, I think, I think when we look at, at how will religion change, I think it's the same question we had when video streaming became available. Well, does that mean that I no longer have to go to church? Or I no longer have to go to the synagogue because I can just view it from my home. I don't have to make that 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 journey to that point because it's already available. I think that there is some danger. I think I think that when we look at it from from a community standpoint, there is always strength in community coming together. I think our challenge today is what does that look like? Because we, we you know, there are people that are fearful of coming into our communities. There are fearful of people who um, want to take great care, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, look, this is a serious pandemic. I mean, you know, we read the news. We know that there are spring breakers who refuse to acknowledge the severity of what's going on and say, "Well, you know, if I get it, ah, I'll be sick for a few days." It's not sick for a few days. Take the call. Listen to what's going on, but they, but 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 they might just be sick for a few days because they're 22 and have an immune system. It's just that they come in contact with or spread others, to someone yes. who has respiratory issues. Congratulations, you just put their life in jeopardy. And I think I think I think from a religious and moral perspective, you know, I, I think that that's why we as communities are saying, please, and 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 I, I don't like the term social distancing because I think it's actually a terrible word. Use physical distancing because it's two words. Well, because look, social distancing, if you were to say physical distancing, let's just physically distance ourselves away from from others to protect ourselves and others. There's a difference between because I think we we, we fall to the danger of social distancing, social isolationism. And I think that the key is try and be as 
yeah, as aware, you know, you know the, the the common the common adage that that's been floating around the last couple of days is, you know, approach every moment and every day as if you yourself have it. Yeah. So so you know what? I'm going to distance myself physically, not socially. And so the key for you today during the show is not to lick the microphone again. Because if you want to act like that you have it, that won't be good for the next radio show. That's why show. you and I are five, six feet apart. Yeah. So last last show. Maybe religiously, maybe. maybe <laughs> we maybe are religiously not. five or six <laughs> feet apart and also literally. But if you remember last episode, that the rabbi got so into the show that his tongue came out and licked the microphone somehow. And he had a moment of great fear and didn't know what to do. And I was like, dude, you could just. I was laughing on the air so badly. <laughs> So, anyways, but you know, our our wonderful um, uh, producer let us know that uh, that uh, that it was wiped down with Lysol, so you wouldn't have to worry about licking the microphone. Okay, so here here's a question for you, Rabuni. Um, and here we are in the air at seven seven two 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 zero nine seven eight eight. If you're catching us on fourteen fifty a.m. or listening to us on the internet, uh, call in to see if, if what are your concerns about long term effects uh, that COVID nineteen will have upon uh, your your house of worship that you're you're a part of. So, Rabbi, but I think the challenge is the uncertainty, right? You know, at least at least, and and and, I'm, and please know I'm not trying to minimize this at all. But when 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 a hurricane is barreling down on the shores of Florida. Right, we know that there is an end time, relatively an end yeah. time, and then there's a cleanup, and you have to do, right? take the months after that and to rebuild. Absolutely. And- With this, there's no end time. We don't know, and I think that at least for me, that's the unsettling part. How long is this going to manifest itself? How long are we going to keep continuing? Are we going to shut down completely? You know, we have a preschool. We have we have activities and programs at the temple. You know, we're trying to move, and, and we'll be moving towards you know this this digital and online experience. But for how long? Right. So so here we go. To me, it feels like God is saying to us, "My beloved, my beloved temple, my beloved church, my beloved mosques." You all are usually at least 50 years behind of the rest of the movement of civilization when it comes to technology. Uh, you, you are historic. You're historic institutions of faith. And with that, you hold on to tradition very well, but sometimes you miss the boat on what's happening with current trends. And so, and God is saying, there are so many people seeking for answers. They're searching for answers. They're, ser- they're searching for purpose and meaning. And, and probably these things, they're searching for me. And they're not coming to your house of worship. They're going to go to YouTube and say, how do I pray? They're going to jump on Twitter. They're going to jump on social media. They're going to be asking these questions or not going anywhere, but they'll probably mostly on this digital landscape. And some churches have done a really good job. Some religious organizations have done a very good job of how to creatively enter into that landscape. Uh, but but most have not. Well, now we got to. And my hope is that the long-term effect of this is that it's going to be, we're in the desert right now. We are the Israelites trying to find Cana. But while we're in the desert, to trust that God is going to be raining down the manna on top of us that we're going to need to do. Because we're going we're gonna to feel like foreigners right now. We're not natives to this land as, 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 as uh, people, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I think I'm somewhat savvy, but not really savvy when it comes to technology. And so there's people who... So if you say you're not savvy, I shudder to think what I am. Because I know, I know. look, one of the challenges that, that, that um, I, I, for, from a personal perspective is I am not technologically savvy. Um, I don't know the first thing about it. You know, and I've tried to, I've tried to learn. Says I've the tried man to, with the radio show. 
I speak into a microphone. You lick a microphone. Our producer Evan does all this stuff with it. Um, it it's just my voice. It's relatively easy. But I think I think with with technology of you know I mean everyone is now familiar with the company Zoom and everything else of Zoom meetings and um, online online stuff with live Facebook and whatever it may be that I think I think for me it's been it's been really challenging because I just I I don't know I don't know the inner workings of it to be able to make it successful and so now God is saying all right Rabbi. Let's go enlist the people, which was great. Right before we went on our show, the previous show before us was Dan Bird uh, and Becca Bird talking about um, uh, uh, um, Speak Life to Musical, right? And so they're over at Christ Fellowship. And as they leave, they turn to both you and I and say, just so you know, we can probably use Christ Fellowship Studio. Right. So we can go in there, use their technology, use their studio, use their cameras. And I think that's a really cool thing that happens in this time of this time in the love of cholera that we're in right now, where people will say, hey, why don't you come on over to our big old church and use our AV equipment? And I bet there'll be someone there and say, Rabbi, we'll have to show you how to do all this. He told us about another studio down the road that might be open to us that we can use for houses of worship to get out our message. So it's going to open up a lot of new doors. We have the time to do it right now. We have the excuse to do it right now. Um, a lot of other things got canceled. So it's going to be rough. I think we'll be in the desert complaining. We're going to be looking over our shoulder, looking back at Egypt, saying, I just want to go back to how life was. Um, but God is saying, uh-uh-uh, no, no, no. I got, I got some like like Moses, I'm going to give you a staff. I'm going to have you tap some rocks, and water is going to come gushing out, gushing out. I'm going to tap this rock for you. So there's, and here's the good news about technology: you can learn anything on YouTube. You can learn anything on YouTube, right? You just just say how to blinkity blink blink, and there's over a thousand videos of people who have made self help videos or how to videos. So we're going to learn, man, and. <laughs> So, so there's, there's one, I think we're going to grow techno technologically speaking. I think it's going to be an awesome thing. I think we'll probably change our budgets in the future that we'll probably want to invest more in this. My hope is that we don't just connect. This is my hope for St. Mary's Episcopal Church, that we're not just doing this to connect with our flock mm -hmm. um, because we're not going to, because there's going to be a lot of people in my flock who just don't go on social media. They're not going to do it. We're going to miss them completely. And mm -hmm. we have to figure out different ways. We have to go and call them. We have to send letters to them. There is, but I wonder too, how much of this is. And again, I'm not trying to minimize it, but how much of it, how much of it is a novelty? Oh, I can access all of this now online. Right. Well, when that novelty wears out. Oh yeah. What happens? I think do we go back to community when we're allowed and it's safe to go back to communities, or do we rely back on? Well, this has been cool. Well, this is now the new normal. But but do you think I, I'll take a step even before that? Will the novelty of online? wear off just in the next couple of weeks. Will people just grow tired of it? If we don't do it well, or if it's not accessible, people like, I don't want to go online and watch Father Christian again doing a right to Eucharist online. That's boring. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be there. And if I can't be there, you know, I mean, we see this during Irma. We, we take our services and our prayer, our prayer times online. And for the times when it's really crazy out there, when we think this hurricane's about to send us to kingdom come, I mean, our the traffic online is huge. And then a couple of days afterwards, it just starts to simmer and simmer and simmer. And it just kind of dies out. And you get your normal people expected, like 20 or 30 people are going to tune in. I just, I wonder if we don't 
develop and innovate and come up with really creative ways with camera work, with engaging with people. I think that's what's going to have to happen. We have to be, we can't just live stream. We have to do creative things and use Zoom to do breakout groups and say, hey, I'm going to do, you can you can get like eight or nine people and say, hey, I'm going to do a group over here, do some Hebrew Bible study. And maybe you do multiple ones. You have to raise up leaders who will lead different things. It, and I don't think a live stream is going to cut it because mm -hmm. the novelty I think we're already seeing it at the church is wearing off. It's going to have to be something more um, uh, intimate and something that can really allow people to engage personally. And so they can have a camera on them as well. And the people who don't have cameras on their computers at home, we'll have to figure out telephonically, how do we do this? How do we get people mm -hmm. on conference calls? But it can't just be you and me. We're going to have to raise up leaders and tap other leaders who have the passion for this. And then if they don't, if they have the passion, they have no idea how to use this stuff and be like, okay, you got to jump on YouTube, teach yourself or start sh doing some workshops um, so, I mean, we're, we're, it's going to be some growing pains. So, all right. Uh, we are going to take a break here at WSTU. Um, and if you're just tuning in to this about where is religion going to go after, uh, Corona, uh, you can catch the whole first episode over on our podcast, A Priest and a Rabbi podcast, um, the one with the better looking guys on the cover. So uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into how does this going to affect the church and the temple financially? We'll be right back in just a second. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review. Five star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU 1450. Dot com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And I want to let you know that I have started a YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday, I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you during a challenging time, and you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers
leaders who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh, my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the second part of A Priest and a Rabbi. I am Father Christian Anderson here from St. Mary's Episcopal Church. Next to me is the best good-looking rabbi you've ever seen, Rabbi Matthew Durbin of Temple Beth Hayam. We are continuing our conversation of as the church and the temple is affected uh, by this new world we live in uh, of, of the digital age, and uh, the changes that it makes to our way we do pastoral care, that we do worship, that we do formation, that we just do basic meetings where the, the rabbi's got to meet with his executive council. I got to meet with my vestry. Uh, you know, how we, everyone's got to get on Zoom, whether they like it or not. Um, so we talked about that in the first half. And, and what will that look like when this is all said and done? Will this change our, the body, the organism known as, you know, God's home of worship let's first jump into the finances right i think this is this is this is what everyone in any kind of nonprofit sector is concerned about especially i think when in religion where we are dependent upon um our 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 donations quote unquote Mm -hmm. come every week and and, and at least for us come in a plate it might be different for you rabbi but i know at the church that our our little drives our fun drives don't happen annually or biannually. They happen every Sunday. So we pass a plate around where people put checks, they put money. And our church, even though that we have a lot of young families, still prefer the check. They like to come in or write. I don't know if it's a spiritual thing that you can, as you write the check, you're praying over the check, you're praying over God. Thank you for the money. Um, we pray for more. It's your money. I don't know. All I know is that we got a ton of young families and they still prefer the check. Uh, they don't want to go online. We've given online options. So we have to start getting savvy about, all right, how are we going to meet people where they're at? Because we're going to start feeling the pinch real quick, right? Real quick. Um, so, and I worry about churches that don't have an endowment. I worry about churches that don't have some, 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 some cash saved up. Uh, will they make it through? Will we see at the end of this actually that a bunch of churches had to close mm-hmm. because this was, this was the straw. Mm-hmm. This was the straw that they knew might come and it came. Um, and maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that's a good thing. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are there is going to be some major financial strain on folks unless all the congregants from all the different religions are like, no, we're going to go online. I'm going to mail my check in. I'm going to be on time and I'll give a little bit more because I know there's some extra strain. Uh, what have you and you and your council been talking about this over at the temple? Well, I mean, I think, you know, ours is a little bit different. We, our structure base is not uh, so much based on a week-to-week basis. I mean, our structure is based on uh, an annual fee, um, an annual donation that is given to the temple. One time. I well, mean- I mean, you know, it, it, there's a set amount that we ask uh, to, to uh, you know, if you are financially able to be able to make a donation to the temple that, that helps us uh, run our programs and, and our facilities. Uh, you know, you can do a one-time, once-a-year um, commitment. You can do uh, semi-annual. You can do, you can do month-to-month. Um, I think in that regard, I, 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 I think 
you know, the danger is for somebody to say, well, you know, we're not accessing it. So, you know, and, and we're in a financial challenge right now. Well, that's part and two. we yes. can't we can't make that commitment. Right. You know, please know that as a synagogue and I'm sure as a church community, we're never going to turn our, our backs on you. We're never going to turn you away. We want you to express and to be part of the community. But as 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 the world works itself, as we know that it, it, it takes financial resources to be able to sustain a community and i think i think we're in for me i think we're in uncharted territory i think that we are in very straining times of not knowing how to really proceed um i think for us you know and for many uh, churches and synagogues you know for some of us who offer preschools and um those those type of abilities well for the parents that have to work from home and if the preschool is closed because of um, of the situation, well, the money I would be putting in towards that, which is not being offered now, to which I need the money to be able to feed my family, well, which comes first? You know, and I think that there's a lot of challenges with it. I mean, although the governor has said right now that daycares and, and those type of facilities can remain open, and I know we're having a conversation about it in about 35 minutes to figure out what's the best way to proceed. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I think I think we are in 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 very very extraordinary times. I don't know. Do you do, but but do, does your congregation still for, even though people made an annual commitment to the synagogue, do people make payments though, yeah? Okay. Will people be okay with uh, doing that online? Is there an online portal to do that? I mean, there there is there is the ability uh, to do so. You can also make a phone call, call the temple office. You know, uh, have our you already seen a dip? Not not that I've it's seen. Too early to tell. Yeah, it's too early. Yeah, so if, I think what we're trying to do is is trying to really push this idea of we we have used a couple online portals. You know, a simple one like PayPal, and then another thing called Faith Street. And then throwing that link up. And what you have to do is like actually literally during the live stream service, we've lifted up kind of Facebook curators. <laughs> so these are like our Facebook greeters who are going to be there on the live stream, whether or not on our YouTube live stream or a Facebook live stream. They're going to be there talking with people and trying to encourage conversation and then also throwing out that link and saying, hey, everyone, here's the link to give. Here's the link to give. Or don't forget to send your check-in. We're going to have to be a little more, uh, I don't want to say know, aggressive, but a little forthright with giving than we've, than we've had them before. Because before you just pass the plate. Well, there's no plate to pass. So we're going to have to really push it a little bit more, uh, which we don't like to do in the Episcopal Church. Uh, but I think we're going we're gonna to need to because how are we going to, keep this thing going right especially now with all the technology there's there's costs and stuff we can cut back on some costs so i i i uh i worry about i wonder if you know we come from a a, a diocesis so in the episcopal church you have you have these different dioceses throughout the whole country right so the diocese i'm in is southeast florida in southeast florida I, i'm gonna be wrong in this number but let's say there's 75 churches, right? So there's 75 churches, and then within these 75 churches, there's these small other groups called deaneries. And so in these deaneries, there's usually a handful of churches that are called mission churches, which means they can't pay for their operating budget. So the rest of the church, it's a beautiful thing, says, okay, we're all going to chip in 15% to support these churches that we feel like are really important to be in these areas because there's not an Episcopal church there, but they don't have the congregation yet or the funding to keep it going. Well, if everyone's hurting and everyone's pennies are being pinched, I get concerned about those mission churches. If some of those are going to fold because everyone is going to be, is going to be 
the, the money in the diocese is going to be lighter. Uh, endowments are going to be lighter because the stocks are kapooey. So, but is that a good thing? Maybe, maybe it was a time for God to say, you know what? You guys need to start combining churches. We don't need all these churches all over the place. Why don't we just come together? And why does this Latino church learn how to work with this Haitian church or this, this, you have the cross cultural parks. That's the reason why some of these churches just stay separate because like, ah, I don't know what that's going to look like. If we put this white church with this Latino church, is that going to really work? They got to do a bilingual service. Well, maybe God is saying, I see something really beautiful here and it's going to be a little, there's going to be some growing pains, but let, let's put your resources together. So uh, these conversations will come if this, I mean, the bishop the other day was saying, this is definitely going past Easter. Um, this is definitely probably going into May. Um, so where we're, we're going to find out. The presiding bishop of the whole Episcopal Church said the other day, like, yeah, don't, Easter's not happening. Um, you'll, you'll have to go live for that. So these are big, this is a big deal, man. It's a big deal. So, um, so there's the financial aspect of it. And so that, that's the last part I want to get into is, of course, where do you, so there's a, there's a theological impact of this. And normally, normally, I was reading an article in the New York Times saying, normally, the, the, at least from a church perspective, yes, I do read. He's, he's, the, the, the rabbi is looking at me, asking me if I do read off mic. Yes, I do read. <laughs> normally, the church is the one who's supposed to be the first one on the scene when something like this happens. So when there was a plague, Right during uh, was it the third century, it was it was the Christians who were the first ones on the scene, willing to risk their lives and to die, right? Because they said this is where we need to be. Um, there's been other moments where it's like they are the first ones. They are Jesus. Big thing was to go and be with the sick, even those who could 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 be disease ridden, right? And so Christians would follow that. Um, but now the Christian thing to do is really, if you want to be responsible, is to go the other way. <laughs> so it's different, right? You want to be a responsible Christian is not to congregate and not to go to the sick, really to kind of keep your distance because we want to reduce the spread. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing theologically because we're almost, we're not saying being anti-community, but physically we're being anti-community. And, but we know so much of God is found in community um, do you think there's going to be a theological impact upon how we commune with one another, how we find God with one another? And are we kidding ourselves to feel like that we can do that digitally? You know, one of the things that 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 I, I that I struggle with, especially now, you know, we we've obviously we we've sent out statements, we've sent out uh, materials that effectively say, you know, please be aware that our clergy will not be shaking hands, will not be you know hugging and kissing and what have you. When this is all over. Does this mean that the culture of how we access our own communities will change? Will we go back to, you know, the shaking of the hands, the hugging, the embracing, the, the, the warm part of community? Or are we still going to physically distance ourselves because it's still fresh or it's still raw? Yeah, I, I, but don't you think over time it'll just dissipate? Will we'll it? Or, yeah, or, look or at the age are, we, are, we creating, are we creating a culture now? That will just, that's just the way it is. No, because it just, because cause history tells us differently. Sure. Especially with the AIDS crisis. So, yes, people were freaking out. People were staying away, not touching. No one knew a lot. It was, is it blood? Is it saliva? Is it airborne? And uh, it, it, even in the church, it got, it got weird. Um, but I think, I mean, look, that, 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 that took some time. It's, gonna, it's a psychological journey. Mm -hmm. And once it dissipates, I think, I think we'll be fine. I, I do think at the end of the day, people, once, once we get past this and through this, I think there's going to be a surge of just a love of community. Now, 
but you're right though. That first Sunday back, that first Friday back for you, <laughs> when we all, for whatever reason, feel it's okay. It will it will be a rush of people there? Probably not. It's mm-hmm. gonna it's gonna be like a, a flower slowly blooming, where it's gonna take a couple months for people to be like, okay, I'll I'll start to go back in person, mm-hmm. and now that I'm back in person, I'll maybe shake a hand, mm-hmm. and then I'll shake a hand, and I'll maybe I'll do a pat on the shoulder, and then we'll get to a hug, right? And then a kiss on both cheeks. I don't know. It's gonna take time for sure. Mm-hmm. People, you know, we've been trained. We're all trying to be smart here. We're all trying to be responsible. So, um, but do you? How do you feel from a theological standpoint of where? I know for, for, for me, I find God in this by saying God is moving us into the 21st century. He's moving his church into the 21st century. What about how we celebrate and how we care for one another and how we love for one another, those who have fallen through the cracks, when we're really constrained in how we can physically do that? You can't go to the person's home. You, as a rabbi, when someone tells you, I'm going through a crisis, you can say, I'll be right there, or you talk to someone on your team and saying, I'm sending over a blog, blankety blank blank. You can't, you, you could. Mm-hmm. But someone in that party might not feel. Look, with some of the challenges that we're faced with too is in the past we go visit nursing facilities uh, from Port St. Lucie all the way down, to, uh, you know, south of Hope. People Town. who are alone, they're right? isolated. We, we celebrate holidays with them, especially you know we're we're coming up to Passover pretty soon. You know, we would do you know visitations of twenty, thirty, forty of these of these rehab facilities. Can't go there now. And I think that, yeah, that pains me immensely. Can you call? We can call, but it's, it's because we, we Jews are not in huge number. So it would, it, it's a lot of coordinating and a lot of, of trying to, uh, uh, you know, whittle through how we can break through that, that, that obstacle that is before us. Yeah, I mean, it's... So we hope the long-term effect there, because this show is all about what's the long-term effect and what's, what's this going to look like post-corona. What we need to be concerned about as clergy is that we already know that people suffer from isolation, especially here in Martin County, mm-hmm. but that's, that's a worldwide and definitely a U.S. Ep- epidemic, isolation and loneliness and depression. Um, we have to have our ears just perked and peaked and raising up people to be making phone calls and checking in with the folks that we know who already were feeling isolated. So people in nursing homes, people in hospital rooms, people just at home who are widows and widowers. And this is where we got to be like... I'm sorry. Yeah, you guys take care of that live stream. I need to raise up a team of people who are going to start phone calling some of these people because they they already were feeling alone. And and as a faith community, our first our first priority. I know my vows as a priest are the marginalized. Are the marginalized? Are the poor? Are the marginalized? Who are those who are left in the outskirts of society? And and many that's just right. You don't have to go far to find that. A lot of times you know you don't have to just be in a rough neighborhood to find that. You know, in a poor neighborhood, you can be in Palm City. Mm-hmm where there's people who are very isolated and very alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and then to encourage, and for anyone who's listening right now, my encouragement to you is to think of all the people right now in your life who, um, who are vulnerable, who could also be alone, and not receiving the support they normally receive because of the times we live in. And for you to vow to that you are going to call them today, you're going to check in with them weekly, you are, you're going to um, email them. You're going to do whatever you can do to do your part because that is where this love thy neighbor part comes in because there are a lot of people right now who are already feeling the pinch, who are already feeling alone, and who can't go and get up at 5 in the morning over to Publix to be the first ones there to, to get the chicken and all that stuff. You might need to be the person who gets in line at Target or, or at whatever and get in line at some of these grocery stores and buy them the food because they can't. She's 82. She's by herself. She's alone, right? So this is where the, I, I hope, okay, so let's say a long-term effect of this. 
is that the love thy neighbor part really becomes very, very mm-hmm. vibrant throughout all this. We really, we really need each other. And we have to be there for one another. And we have to really be aware of those who are hurting right now and constantly have those on our head. Who can I call today? Who can I check in with today? Because we we have to. We need each other. Because just think about the people who are alone right now, sitting by themselves in a room in a nursing facility. No one's going to come to visit. Um, The person next door is not going to come to visit. They have dementia, doesn't know which, which way is up or down. And they're just sitting there, right? They need us. Mm -hmm. It's you. It's me. It's our congregation. Who's going to call them? Um, So uh, Rabbi, what is your hope that will come out of all of this? What is your hope for the synagogue that that what God is up to uh, throughout all this? Look, I I, I think I think my hope is that as a community that we can weather the storm, that we can um, come together, but but that it will strengthen the bonds of community. That that you know the the member who calls somebody that they've never met before to say I'm just checking in on you. Yes. That 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 those form and forge stronger relationships amongst our community and certainly the wider community as well. That's my hope. Okay. My hope also is that this ends quickly. <laughs> but it doesn't show that's going to happen <laughs> because because I think I think the more that this goes on, the more that it drags on 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 our own our own livelihood. But beyond that, on our own sense of morale, I mean, it's 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 tough. This is you know this is really difficult because, as you said, look, it leads to isolationism. It leads to you know some bounce of depression. It also leads to that moment of stress. And stress on the body is not good. And sure. and with everything else going on in the world, it it, it 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 is weighing so heavily down. I mean, one of the things that um you know if I can bring a positive to it, uh, and I and I am sorry for some of our listeners that are in other parts of the country where you know the weather is not eighty two degrees here, right. you know. But you know the fact that I I I have God's expanse where I can go out. Um, you know, bike riding or go swimming or go for a walk in my neighborhood where where it's it's pleasant, it's it's nice out, it's 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 beautiful. And I know that others don't have that ability, but I think for us here in South Florida to be able to really, you know, to take that moment to 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 look around and to say, you know what, right now I'm healthy. Right now I'm okay. Right now this is God's creation, and I am grateful and I am thankful. And maybe it is more of a of a keen awareness of where we are at, and 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 of and, and of and of God's creative um, acts that we are here. I, yeah, but I think we're also going to get tap into just the beauty. I mean, the early church, the early church were small groups meeting together in people's homes. They didn't, they couldn't meet in some big. Uh, the term church didn't even come into the second century. So, those first Christians, they were fearing for their lives. The Romans wanted to kill them. Uh, they they would meet in these small groups in people's homes, and that that was quote unquote church, and and it was intimate, and it was authentic, and it was real. It wasn't big, huge productions, right? And so, this is going to move us back to that. What's really important, family and and people meeting together if they feel comfortable in small groups but definitely families mom and dad and the three kids now have to be at home and when's the last time the mom and dad and the three kids have been home for a prolonged amount of time unless it was called vacation mm-hmm. now everyone is so programmed and over programmed that you're i mean i know i got parents in my congregation where 
she, she's like, I, I, I see my husband. He's like a ship passing in the night. We're just constantly driving this one over to this practice, this one over to that rehearsal, this one over to this tutor. We see each other at night. We slap hands. We give a kiss and then we go to bed, right? It's just constant movement. So now everyone's home mm-hmm. and it's going to be a little weird. Mm-hmm. People, tensions are going to go rise, but they're going to figure this out. And, and I think there's going to be great beauty in figuring out the most important system that we have here, the family system of 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 let's let's get to know each other again and i think i think that that also presents other 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 um, great challenges as well i mean right now it seems to be it seems to be relatively okay because here obviously martin county our kids are on spring break right next week when the schools start determining how to do the online learning right you know my, my, my daughters had said dad does this mean that i have to sit at home by a computer for eight hours is that what it is and i said i, I don't know I don't think so. I don't think it's eight hours, but I think that you'll be instructed via you know the internet on 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 your classes and and how to keep working at it. But you know that presents other challenges. Okay, my kids have to be home. My kids have to be a, by a device or a computer. Um, I need to be present in some way to be able to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And at the same time, I'm supposed to be doing my work. You know, so it's just it, it, it's we're navigating through this this sea that 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 is, is murky that we we haven't seen you know it, it its way forward yet. You know, I, I, as you said about, you know, families, I mean, look, I have the same situation uh, and same challenge with, with my own family, which is, you know, most nights my, my wife comes home late or I come home late. We barely get the chance to see each other. I barely get to see my kids. Um, now we're kind of forced to spend all this time together, which is wonderful because I haven't seen my kids nor my, my wife um, in the last week uh, as much as I have in months, which is which is which is great. But it's how do we navigate this? But I think the key is how do we navigate this together? How do we do this as a sacred community or as um, as, as as people that come together to try and uh, try and bring back some sense of normalcy? All right. So I, I don't think we're going to get any sense of normalcy. But let me ask you this, Rabbi. During this time and this new life we're in, because I do think I do think we the reading last week for us in church. Um, was from Exodus and was from Exodus 17. And it was the third time that the Israelites were complaining about uh, not having water, of threatening to go back to Egypt or wanting to go back to Egypt. And so this, this here we are, and I think it, life we can't go back to the way life was. Life has changed. So how are we going to grow and innovate into this new way of, of, of life, this new way of doing things? So let me ask you this. For you, Rabbi, what is your hope how do you want to be changed by this by by this movement we're in? I think for me, one of the challenges and what I'd like to see myself grow is my ability to embrace and successfully accomplish more of our technological advancements. Yeah, that that yeah. that that, that I, I struggle with it. Uh, I, 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 I like to think of myself as a people person. I like the interactions, the, the face-to-face uh, uh, communal aspect. Um, I, like the, the, uh, um, um, I like the structure. I think now with, with moving to a digital age, I think that that's something that um, I'm hoping that when this is all said and done that I have more tools in my resource toolkit. Yeah, I think for all for all of us religious leaders is is what are what are the tools you want to grow? How do you want to grow as a leader right now? For me, it is leadership. 
how I hope I, I come through this season right now of learning to grow more leaders in our parish who can step up to do the things that need to be done, pastoral care, who can be leading um, uh, conference uh, calls and conference, video conference calls, who can continue to do formation. Because now we had a simple structure that's set up. You show up and you get a classroom at St. Mary's Episcopal Church. You read the curriculum. You've been formed by us as a leader. But now you, we were expecting more of you as a leader. If you lead a Bible study, I need you to be the pastoral presence to these people. I need you to learn how to do technology i lead you to be the most i need you to be the non-anxious presence in this group i need you to be checking in on these people and praying for these folks if you weren't doing it do it now so this leadership 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 is uh for us it's the jesus model right you get three people you 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 you, you peter james and john then you you really work on them you work on the 12 the 12 go out build 144 the 144 about 100 you know 100,000. so it's just growth and growth and growth so that's that's for me it's something I've wanted to work on as a leader. That's where I want to grow. Uh, and hopefully there's long-term effects here. All right, everybody. Listen, we are sending you all lots of love here. And uh, we know that um, if, if you and your, your, you want, uh, the rabbi and I would love to pray for you and to send love for you. Um, so if you want to reach us on yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com, it used to be a rabbi and a priest at gmail.com, but I, Google won't let us in. So if you email us at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com and ask how the rabbi and I can pray for you, if you have questions and concerns, you can always go to our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page, a priest and a rabbi podcast on Facebook. Leave a comment there. Let us know about your concerns. Let us know about what you think about religion now going through Corona, what's it going to look like, um, and what shows and topics you want during this time concerning faith concerning religion we'd love to interact with you and spread this podcast you can always go to a podcast share it with those who are around you uh, we're on itunes we're on apple Podcasts. you got time now so might as well listen to a couple of priests and a rabbi podcasts and let us know what's going on and always trust the good sources there are good sources go to the cdc go to the nih but don't trust everything else you're hearing out there go to the source to keep your mind right and then take time off Take time off. So take time off to just be with family, be with nature, be with God. We love you. We will see you. We'll get through this. Stay positive. Be the light in your community. And we're going to see you here next Friday on A Priest and a Rabbi. God bless you. Shalom.